Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we have game developer by day and photographer by night, Mr. Liam Wong on the show. Liam and I talk about how photography came into his life, how his trip to Tokyo opened up a whole new world of opportunities for him, his thought process on dealing with people who admire his work, and how important personal promotion is as an artist and where his next projects are going to take him creatively. So let's begin, everyone. Episode 167 with Liam Wong. Let's roll. Yeah, so first and foremost, thanks for being on here. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, It's been really cool to see you rise you rose pretty quickly too um with your mm-hmm. fo- your your photography and stuff which i think is really great and i'm excited to talk to you about that and kind of your thoughts on building your career and where it's taken you and some highs and lows it'd be really great to talk about that and i also really want to talk about your thoughts on photography and post-production mm-hmm. photography um and all that kind of stuff and then obviously your pivotal trip to japan and tokyo in general so um, lots to cover, and I'm super cool, excited yeah. to do so. I'm excited as well. I, will, I always like to start these off just on <laughs> a, a, a good basis of like kind of where you come from and and how mm-hmm. this all kind of came to be. I mean, uh, your life's work is a culmination of many different things, obviously. So yeah, um, yeah. Where did this all come from? Like, have you been doing art since <clears throat> you were young? You're in Montreal now. Have you always been there? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Like, so I, I'm originally from Scotland. I grew up in Edinburgh. Okay. Born and raised there, you would never guess from my name, but uh, I, yeah, I got into art. I guess when I think my older brother used to do a bunch of stuff on the Amiga. Do you ever, do you ever use the Amiga? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of it. So yeah, like, it's like the he would old do like computer, stuff, old school um, computer, right? Yeah, he would do stuff on like Deluxe Paint, which is this really super old like art program. <laughs> and it's I like kind of go in into Corel it from there, kind of back then, right? It yeah, like, it was like insane, like as basic as it gets. Sure. Um, and I just really got into just computer arts back then. And I must have been like, I was like super young, like playing like pun and click games and stuff. And mm. so, yeah, born in Scotland, um, I left almost five years ago and I moved to Montreal. Okay. Um, what was what so brought I, upon that move? Work? Um, yeah, I think back to my career, I kind of started off, in fact, I didn't know I even wanted to do anything. Like I, I loved art, but it's one of those things that's like incredibly difficult to get into. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was always kind of like pushed away from it. I think I was like 18. I remember like finishing high school and having like my end of year report that basically said I sucked at art. And I was <laughs> like, and I, and I took a year out cause I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm, and so I, I did nothing but play video games and watch movies. Mm. Like, and I, I didn't really, I wasn't really into movies before that. But I just spent a year doing nothing but that. And after that, I, I decided to go to university. I went to a place called Abertay uh, University in Dundee. Uh, it's kind of where Lemmings was from and the original GTA, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. So like video games for me was just like a huge part growing up. But I didn't really know I wanted to work in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because like video games is like my main profession. Photography is actually my hobby. Which is funny because like a lot of people that follow me I guess they think I'm just like a photographer, but sure. it's kind of what I do at night. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so yeah, I moved to Canada when they, I, I got offered like a, a director position at Ubisoft Montreal. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say Ubisoft is out there. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what so, was like, the position the, again? 
the actual title was like presentation director. So if okay. you think about, like I have a background in like UI, which I see, because I listen to your podcast a lot and I have a lot of friends that have been on it and stuff. Like okay. one of them is John McCallum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, John's great. And even even you, you come from like a UI background. It's like, even kind like Jennifer, of. I saw the last podcast. Like mm-hmm. there seems to be this kind of, I don't know, recurring theme. So for me, like UI was just great. Um, it was kind of my step in. I I made my game at, first game at university, and I kind of got a lot of different job offers because no one really wanted to do it back then. Hmm. Um, so yeah, being from Edinburgh, rock stars there, so they made like they were making GTA Five at the time, and I had an interview. Um, I ended up going to England for two years. My accents like all over the place, <laughs> but I, I went to, I went to England for two years, and I worked at Crytek, so I worked as a UI artist on Crisis Two. Oh, okay, awesome. And then where I guess I would link it is like I worked, I, I remember seeing the work of this one guy, and I know you met him since, and his name's Larry Greer. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah, Larry's so awesome. So it was like him and like Aaron Beck, they mm-hmm. started to really push like the graphic design in film. Yep. Um, you know, things like decals and whatnot. And I got super into that. Uh, and so I started to push my career in that kind of direction where I focused on visual design instead of like user interface, user experience. Yeah. Um, and I started to get like a lot of different opportunities because of that. Mm, and that's kind of what took me to, to Canada. Ah, interesting. And now you're, are you still at Ubisoft, you said? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still, so I've been here like four and a half years. Okay. Um, now my title is like art director of visual design. So like in my day job, I, I basically focus on style guides, like visual identity. Sure. So ultimately like summarizing a product into a style. Mm, interesting. Um, I guess like the easiest way to, I mean, you do this all the time because I, I, re- I remember actually, I think it was like a year into my career and I've seen your stuff. It was like your very first, um, I think it was on Kotaku. And I remember it was your, what was the project? Medal of Honor. Oh yeah, yeah. So was it was good. that. So I remember I, I mm. just kind of started, I remember seeing your stuff and I was like super inspired by it. Mm, like just seeing that, I guess like off your own back maybe, you just started to kind of push stuff out there and yeah. See if people were interested. It was a passion project, and I was thankful at the studio I was working with. They let me kind of go off and make something crazy mm-hmm. to hopefully build up some influence. And yeah, I actually did a, I did exactly what we had planned to do. So it was just a lot of fun. That's an old project, but I still have a lot yeah. of fun looking at it because it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> like at six years work. ago, right? Like yeah, it's old. It's old. And it's crazy how how fast things age in this industry, you know. So yeah, that's funny that you can recall all the way back to that. That's funny. I didn't even know that. I for some reason I kept yeah. thinking, and I guess it's because <laughs> of the work that I've been seeing from you. And even when I go to your mm-hmm. website, it's just got your photography. So which I'm sure it's just kind of which what you're like this. known for now, I guess. So yeah, it's a kind of, and I've just kind of been like rolling with it. That's um, good. It's good that you're not fighting it, you know. So because like to give context, I guess like yeah, it was. About as of like next month, it's two years since I got a camera. So before that, I was just using my iPhone, hmm, and yeah. I, because of my job, like whilst I was in the UK, I never really got to travel, hmm. and I think that like changed me a lot. You know, getting to see different cities and whatnot, hmm. um, and then being able to just kind of keep a, a blog. So I used to just have like a private Instagram where I would just post cool stuff I saw, whether it was like typography or like I don't know, cool signage, cool streets, architecture. Trying to find, I just got really addicted to finding like compositions. Um, and I was just on my phone. So at some point, 
I remember I had I booked a, a trip to Tokyo for a month, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. I thought, you know, fuck it, I'm just gonna buy a DSLR. Like I, I really wanted to do a short film, but I ended up taking still on your list. Instead. Uh, yeah, it is actually. I'm going back to Tokyo next month. Okay. And I, I want to kind of, I just love the idea of just, I don't know, doing little vignettes of like, kind of like music video style, or like using different songs and kind stuff to different visuals, different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's quite beautiful out there and very unique. It's, it's very different from anywhere else I've ever been. It's, yeah. And it was like the first time you went. Mm, we went. I went actually. The first time I went with it was with Aaron Beck and my friend Andrew, oh, who also co-hosts this. So yeah, he. It was quite an, a special experience. But um, yeah, we went out. Um, shoot, I think it was like three years ago, maybe now. Okay. So and we were there just for ten days, but it was more than enough. You know, people probably get tired of me talking about Japan so much. Was it was like Andrew that was like taking pictures of trash or something. Yeah. Trash in Tokyo I, I read it like heard it in one of the podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's man, it's 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 such a special place. It really is, and it's such a um, a unique experience when you go. There's just so many really unique things to experience, and I think especially if you have an open mind and an eye for mm-hmm. just catching things, um, it's just so detailed. Um, I can't wait to go back. Uh, probably going to go do a trip late next yeah. year and i'm definitely just, gonna gonna buy or bring a really awesome yeah. set of lenses and a camera to really capture it because i was on my phone and i remember we mm-hmm. were in uh um kyoto and it was snowing and uh it was like late night it was snowing and these little alleys mm-hmm. and i was just like oh man it's it like just, perfection <laughs> yeah basically visual perfection it was really something like else. I, i've never actually been to kyoto because oh, like okay, yeah. a lot like I've been to Japan I think five times now so the first time I went was actually like four years ago this week okay and I, I went through video games I was doing like a press tour and it, in retrospect it's kind of weird because a lot of artists game developers you know they grow up loving Japanese culture mm-hmm. but for me I, I wasn't never super exposed to it like mm-hmm. I loved film and stuff you know I watched some anime but I kind of ended up there out of chance and just the first time going there was, was just like insane. Just how, how much inspiration you leave with after. Yeah. yeah. Like is just overwhelming. It's a sensory overload, I think. And especially yeah. if you have like a creative eye and a look mm-hmm. for things. You mentioned capturing like uh, vignettes or moments or compositions mm-hmm. and stuff. Is that still kind of what you look for when you're going out and taking photographs? Is that something that yeah, you're I think, constantly aware of? And do you do it just when you're traveling or do you do it in your normal day-to-day life? I think it's something I just do all the time. Like I'm not formally trained in graphic design, but I just have like just a fascination for just like clean lines, composition, yeah. contrasting colors and whatnot. Like, um, and I think, yeah, it was like two years ago I went there. And I remember, because I did a talk recently, I was talking about like how I got into photography. And it was kind of like, um, what was it? I was basically just there on vacation. And I would post a bunch of pictures on my personal Facebook. And I didn't have like that many friends. And I was always like, I don't know, I didn't have a big network. I worked in video games, but it, was, it kind of ended there. Yeah. And so when I started to post on Facebook, a bunch of my friends kind of encouraged me to, to set up an Instagram or to put it out there. Um, and it just kind of blew up. And that was like two years back now. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like 
it, I don't know, I can't remember where exactly I saw mm-hmm. your photographs for the first time. Um, I think it was like, yeah, I don't know, somebody sent me something because people know I love like Blade Runner and that kind of yeah. look and stuff. Like, wow, look at this. And then I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is crazy. I've never seen this. But I was like, ah, I remember being in Japan and seeing this, but I was like, it's a, you really yeah. accentuated it in a whole different thing. And yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, quite it's kind unique. of funny because I, I put it down to like, I was there a month and it, it didn't rain at all apart from one day. The one night I took all these pictures in the rain. Hmm. And like when I th- when I first posted them, all of them for one are from one day only, right? So it's awesome. It was like one picture I took, and also kind of like twinned with the fact that I would just wander everywhere because the first time I went, it was on business. I didn't really get time to really explore. Yeah. So the second time I went back is when I took all of my pictures from when the stuff went viral, and uh, I remember like just stumbling upon this book district. And it's called like Jinbocho. So it's like this, there's like outdoor book stalls, which is like super like quaint. Like you just don't see it anywhere else yeah. in the world, or at least I haven't. Like bookshelves outside and it's like midnight and there's like a couple of people just, I don't know, brushing through different pages in a book. So it's kind of like really magical. So I, I end up in this like vintage bookstore and um, they're selling all of this stuff that's printed in Japan. And I happen to see Sid Mead's chronologue. Oh, which is like go. a $3,000 book. Yeah. And there's this like old Japanese lady and she, um, I think she knew that I, I would just never sell it. And I got it for like 50 bucks. Like, wow. <laughs> and that night, like I was just going through it and it was crazy because this book was from like 1991 yep. and it was in perfect condition. Like it's in perfect condition. Wow. It has like a laser disc and stuff that was still in like the plastic wrap. Wow. And I was just like, holy shit. And this was like the time where I, I had a camera. And in my day job, like, I do visual identity. So I think about color palettes. I think about style. But I never thought even once to, to bring that into my photography until that, plus the fact that it rained. And I was like, yeah, I should just do, like, Blade Runner style images. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so the Sid Mead came through at the end and kind of, yeah, or in the beginning I just, of it. I just, That's like, love his work like yeah how could you not it's so um uh i don't know lyrical is not the word but it's like yeah. very narrative you know like mm-hmm. and he, he allows just the right amount to let you finish it yourself in your imagination so he, like he lets you into his like story to not it's not too, it's not too refined where it feels mm-hmm. dead and dry it's just right and it feels just super cool yeah he's did you ever see the picture of there's this drawing he did when he was like 11 years old and it's this like super basic race car, but the, the detail on it is still like insane. And then you see his stuff like now or even back in like I don't know, the eighties and it's just like on another level. Like it's just timeless. Yeah, it is very much timeless. Did you get his recent book? Have you seen that one? I've ordered it. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like it, just a very humbling look through his work it's so good but you, yeah. you got to work on the film right like in uh nope i didn't the new one Mache and i just got a chance to do the, oh, posters, the posters for ridley scott yeah and that was, was really so cool. cool so that was a yeah kind of like a weird uh dream come true kind of thing so it's just like <laughs> the level of detail in those posters is just awesome 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're very inspired by similar artists, you know, and yeah, um, wanting to make it something that's great and special, and yeah, and and building it out. But yeah, it's cool. I I love that idea that you're you know you're out there on a whim, and then you get this opportunity to find this amazing book that changes like that your trajectory in life. <laughs> Isn't there like one of those like treasure chest moments? Like, I just have that image in my head of just finding it. Um, it's another crazy thing just about Japan is that you do find a lot of Sid Mead stuff there. You find a lot of Mobius yes. just on the bookshelves, like which anywhere else I've been, I don't, it's not as popular. Like you see a lot of comics and stuff, but not specifically those artists. Um, but yeah, it's just, you feel it too. I think it's like, um, uh, being a Westerner the first time mm-hmm. I, mean, I would go through Otomo's work really intensely and then uh, I was obsessed, and I still am. I still admire his work immensely. And yeah. when I got a chance to go out to Japan, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's literally just drawing <laughs> like what he sees all the time," you know. So, yeah. which is totally different from what I see all the time, you know. Which is really did cool. you get the um, it's like the thirty fifth anniversary? I got like all his books, all of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I went to You're Japan, I, it was like, Aaron and Andrew were making fun of me because I brought two suitcases. <laughs> When yeah. I went out there, I had one suitcase inside the other, and then when I came back, that's I had me two. like every time. Yeah, I just brought a bunch of books back, and it was just, it was a pain in the butt to carry them around, but it's worth yeah. it. And you know, it's funny. Ironically, I got back home, and I've been so busy, I haven't made time for it. But I, they're always on my mm-hmm. shelf, and when, when it's time for me to change or get inspired, you know, because I have those yeah, moments you- in my life too. You just you pick up a book randomly on a whim. And mm-hmm. you go, you know, that's why it always blows me away when people are like, oh, I'm bored or I have artist block. So I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what's like your impossible. favorite, like go to art book? Like My favorite go to art book? Yeah. Because um, you have like a huge collection. Right? Yeah, I got a pretty decent sized collection. Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I'm looking at my shelf right now. I'm trying to pick it out. Favorite art book. Right now, it's uh, the Sid Mead book is incredible. So the latest mm-hmm. Sid Mead book is incredible. And then maybe uh, Genga, the Otomo's like, okay, yeah, is uh, that last book that he put out. And there's all, I mean, there's I have all my Ralph McQuarrie Star Wars stuff. That's also incredibly mm-hmm. amazing. So yeah, I don't have one unfortunately, and I get inspired by a lot of different things too. Like I love the art of like mm-hmm. District Nine. That's a great one. District Nine is like one of my favorite art books. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like, yeah, that's why. That's why I like. I love Larry's work. It's just like yeah. all of the propaganda he did, little decals on the weapons, Aaron Beck, like mashing up stuff. Uh, it's tons. Just insane. It's like so much style in that one art book. Yeah, lots of style. Um, yeah, there's uh, Greg Broadmoor's work in there, mm-hmm. um, Christian's work in there. I mean, all those guys, they just kind of just nailed it. And I feel like it was kind of a perfect storm where you had a young director willing to take a risk, had a cool script and a cool idea, and everybody wants to prove to the world that they're like capable and able. And then yeah. they went off and made something really cool that was really entertaining and fun and fresh and unique and like just really awesome. I, I remember yeah. watching that for the first time. I was like, this is so great. I'm having so much fun. This is just kind of crazy. Um, like I pretty much collect all the Blomkamp uh, film books, like Elysium, got Chappie as well. Yeah. All the wet digital stuff's just like sick. Yeah, it's really cool. Have you been out to New Zealand yet? I wish. Like I would love to go. It's like being, being from Scotland. It's like 
visually the landscape is quite similar, so okay. I'm kind of drawn towards it. Mm. But I have a lot of friends from there. I'd love to go. Yeah, it's really something else out there. Really, Same with like Iceland. Like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> That's like every creative person's like wet dream, I think, is that place. I think, it seems like it's getting place. more and more exploited too with like Ridley Scott and all those guys doing yeah. a lot of filming out there on it and stuff, which is awesome. Also the yeah. um the guy that did uh, Oblivion, um, Joe Kaczynski too, he like he loves mm-hmm. Iceland as well. I think it's like a just that kind of special place. Yeah. It was like the birth of the earth or something, it's still kind of barren and somewhat like hidden i guess there's some really interesting places in like russia that i've been seeing that are really quite in i've never different been. yeah i mean it's, it's one of the things i regret like because being from the uk i did i really didn't see a lot of europe mm. um so whenever i go back i just want to i'd love to go to italy like i think that would be mm. incredible yeah the architecture and whatnot yeah there's tons so much heritage there too and like tons of art you know like a yeah. history of art too which is awesome yeah. Is there a couple of countries um, that are on your list besides Italy and Iceland? Uh, next, uh, next on my list for sure, I'd love to go to Shanghai. Like I've never mm. been. Um, Seems pretty crazy. I really want to go to South Korea. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just lo- I just love like Asian cities. It's, what is it know, about I it? Just, the density or? Arch- architecture for sure. Like I just... I'm not an architect or anything, but just I just kind of get really excited by when I see just cool buildings. Yeah. Because even when I take pictures, it's often the environment is like the focus. It's always sure. the focal point. Um, and obviously, agencies, you have all of the typography, the signage. And, <laughs> it's quite crazy. I don't know, just, just bring something out of me. But especially because I don't, in most cases, I don't know what the signs say. Yeah. And so it's just like I'm looking at it purely from a visual standpoint and like solid blocks of colors with different typefaces and I don't know. Yeah. It kind of, it allows so you just to experience like it almost as an as a graphical element rather than like something that's yeah. communicating to you. So you're looking at it as in regards to color and shade and value and, mm-hmm. and opacity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I noticed one thing that I think that you do really well um based on like your website is you're very well at mm-hmm. documenting your growth and like like you know it's like a hustle basically i'm seeing yeah. and it's cool um it's kind of yeah it's kind of like my job <laughs> yeah that's good that's good though because i think um it's something that i feel a lot of artists um lack and how, where does that come mm-hmm. from how do you get that kind of hustle because what i'm talking about for those are that are, yeah. are listening if you go to liam's website which there will be a link in the show notes for this but if you go and look at it, like um, you can see, like it's nicely broken down. It shows the work, explains where that work comes from and how it goes, and then all the publications and everything's documented nicely and cleanly. And there's logos and quotes and all kinds of great stuff. And it's just it's kind of rad, like that you've done oh. that, like that. And I think a lot of artists miss that opportunity. But how how did that come to you? Is that something that you've learned over time working in video games and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So like for me, I'm like. If I think back to when, maybe when I went to university, like I, I'm kind of like a pretty quiet kid. Like I always grew up kind of introvert. So the last five years has been me trying to like really work on that. So on the art side, I was happy with the art that I would make. It wasn't amazing or anything, but at least I could find some kind of, I don't know, confidence in it. I think with my photography, when I, I started to really just hustle my stuff, if I think about what I do in video games right now, a lot of it is to do with like the first impression. 
is it to do with like, I don't know, thinking of the stuff that you care about so that other people would care, like care about that as well. And so I kind of channel that stuff. If I think about my photography, I look at Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Blade Runner, Enter the Void, uh, you know, channeling that kind of stuff in my compositions, my colors, like the content of the images, whether it's umbrellas or rain or silhouettes. Or, and I think of that as a style. So I kind of like brand that. And then I think because of that, people start to get behind it because if I care a lot about it, other people will care about it too. And um, so from there, I think, yeah, when I, I had like my stuff on Facebook, hardly anyone looked at it. I don't have like that many friends back then on Facebook. Now I just kind of let anyone add me. But uh, from there, like I, I built like a press kit. So I gathered 10 images, uh, the ones that I, I figured were like the best received, let's say. Mm-hmm. I put together a bio about myself. I put together a one-liner of what that series of photographs happened to be mm-hmm. and like an extended description. And I think this is something like any artist could do. And you should never be like, shy about it you know i think if you're going to invest time like invest your time into creating something you sh- you should you know allow people to see it yeah. um i think it's one thing that yeah i think if i was when i was growing up i would just never show my stuff to anybody it sure. used to like freeze up when people even looked at my art or were behind me when i was drawing yeah and uh more and more i kind of just forgot about it and just dropped the filter of caring about it you know Hmm. I think so, that I, confidence yeah. come from somewhere just along just along the way, I guess. Yeah, it's, I think I think really the the biggest one for me was going to Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I yeah I graduated in I don't know when it was 2010. I worked in England for two years and then I was a director at Ubisoft, so it was like a huge jump. And so for me, like I was just this kid who was. You know, I played Far Cry 2, Far Cry, even Crisis, Far Cry 3, when I was at university, when I was in high school. And then working, I joined Ubisoft, I worked on Far Cry 4 as a director. And it's kind of like, it was just a huge leap. And it, I was so out of my element that I had to like learn all of this stuff. And so going to Ubisoft, like being around all those kind of people that were there to, you know, basically help me grow as an artist, as an individual, to get better at public speaking, to get better at presenting art, presenting ideas and whatnot. Mm. That seriously helped. Like I sat next to a marketing team for like a year and seeing how they approached challenges and coming up with solutions was something that I was able to then apply to like personal stuff. Mm. Smart. Um, yeah, because part of it is the hustle, you know, with all the noise totally and the stuff that's like, out there. How do you stand and it, out? It can be like incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I think it's something I see a lot, you know, I'm sure you must encounter the same stuff with your work where maybe people, they create work based on stuff they see that's popular. So then they're kind of watering down their own creativity, you know? Yeah. They're too busy chasing, like, the success of somebody else instead of creating the stuff they really care about. Yeah. So I think ultimately that's what's going to make awesome stuff. Yeah, it's easy, you know, like um, you brought up like the Blade Runner poster that Mache and mm-hmm. I did. But I mean, uh, so many times people are like, oh, it looks like Mobius or it looks like yeah. Otomo's work. And it's like, yeah, that's part of the intention and part of what was in the brief mm-hmm. or the, the the desire from Ridley was to, uh, you know, 
be inspired by the work of Mobius and Otomo and so because he likes that stuff as well. But at the same time, like trying to be authentic and unique, it's 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 tough. Um, at the same time, like it, it, you do owe it to yourself to be authentic and try yeah. to make unique work. Um, and I think if you put your best foot forward and try to make something unique on your own terms, I think that's really where it's yeah. at. And it's 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 difficult, you know. I think in in where we are now with how like art is consumed, which is very, um, which is something I want to talk to you about is you know art uh-huh. is is so like disposable now you know more more than yeah. ever more than it's ever been ever it's all like the social networks and stuff it's like yeah like hype and i don't know if like if like hype <clears throat> actually yeah. equates to it like for example like you have all this exposure but i was thinking for some mm-hmm. reason um that you would be doing more photography for a living but it's like yeah that's like your hobby so it's like almost interesting as you get all this hype <clears throat> and this buzz but then where does it equate to you know yeah, it's interesting it's been like a I say hectic, like it's like working like two full-time jobs <laughs> um, because I think the first first place I sent out to was like Kotaku and then it, it, it kind of similar, I guess, to your um, Medal of Honor stuff. Like it goes up there and people see it and they start to share it. And yeah, then hype beast. From there, yeah. And, but I think in retrospect, the last two years, I think it's a shame because let's say you're an artist starting out and you see your friends or someone else, and they're getting all of these likes, and they don't—they don't really equate to any, anything. Like you think about Instagram, I could post an image, and X amount of people could like it, but does that mean it's a great image compared to someone that gets less? No, it's like it just doesn't work like that. And I, I just don't like that part of you know, someone just scrolls for a feed on their phone of Instagram, they double tap and they move on. Yeah, it's, right. And it's like disposable. Like it's just people just consume and then they. That's it. And yeah, all. it becomes. I think because of the over the overabundance of it, it removes yeah. the uh, it removes that like really special thing. Like you know, because yeah. you don't have to wait for it. It just kind of. It's almost like as if there's Christmas every day or a holiday that's kind of special. You have to wait for it every mm-hmm. day. It would it would remove the importance of it based on like the oversaturation of it. I think that's probably what it's equated to. It's just our social kind of consumption our way of consuming okay. things yeah i think there's still like super positive parts of like you know when sure you know you can create a piece of art that can change someone's day it can change their career and you, you're not really thinking about it when you make it no but you do you know like it just happens like someone it sparks this creativity inside somebody like for me i i remember being like a teen i was playing the sims and I would just get into creating different textures for like different characters and I eventually made a website all just from making like playing a video game. Um, and I'm sure when they when they fall by making a game, they never fall by that kind of stuff. But sure. and then, you know, if you think about it, you made your Medal of Honor stuff, I remember looking at it and trying to break down all of the effects that you had and stuff. <laughs> and without dialogue, like, you even tried to like replicate it. But it doesn't doesn't get you anywhere but you can experiment you it's can study to learn new techniques yeah yeah and i think yeah. that's that's like super important like it's, it's important to kind of give a shout out to people that help you figure out where you want to be you know? yeah absolutely it's difficult though at the same time it's like you know there's so many different um things i think that artists now mm-hmm. more than ever have to face um just because of that stuff, you know, and like not getting lost in the like hype and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, because it's easy. You look at the numbers and you go like, oh, you know, it must be so popular. But it really uh-huh. comes down to 
are you happy and are you able to provide a lifestyle that you that you enjoy you know those are the two things that i kind of focus on and from there it's like yeah that's where the rest of the decisions are made after after that i think you know and just kind of working backwards from that experience i guess you know and trying to make sure that you're happy I have like one tip, I guess, because I'm sure like a lot of artists listen in they have different backgrounds. Maybe it's music, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Because um, I, I got really into just tracking the numbers just out of curiosity. Um, and people don't realize it. Let's say you spend, I don't know, weeks or evenings or whatever just working on one single piece of art. If you post that at the wrong time, less people will see it than, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the max exposure that you could get in your own network. And that's, that's like a small thing that people maybe overlook, but, you know, as creatives, we're often up late and we work on stuff. And we'll just post it when we're done so that we can just have that kind of like release and just put it out there, right? Yeah. But um, often it's, it's best to wait until, like for me, I post at like 10 a.m. And I know that based on that's my audience works. who are yeah. like Paris, London, Tokyo, Montreal, it's like 11 a.m. Montreal time. Uh, it's 11 p.m. So people are going to bed in Tokyo. It's like 5 p.m. So people have finished work in the UK. It's a great time to post. And it's a small thing that understanding your audience really helps. Yeah. it's it's. I, I, I learned that one as well. You kind of start to kind of see how it works in the demographics, basically. Yeah. Um, and then that's if you want that impact and how, you know, how many people you want to see your work. Because I guess... Ultimately, too, you want to make sure that people are seeing the work that you're producing and putting out, you know, because you want to make sure that they're engaging with whatever it is that you're making and are able to enjoy whatever it is that you're building out and stuff. And that, yeah, that's, it's, yeah, it's really quite a tricky thing. There's so many different things and different facets and stuff, but I think it looks like you're doing a really good job of it. And so I commend you because I feel like it's one thing that's kind of missed um, with a lot of artists is just kind of missing that ability to showcase mm-hmm. your work properly. And then like things like that, like I, I just would Google, like if I was to mm-hmm. post up something like on Behance, for example, I would just go like yeah. best times to post on Behance. And then, you know, yeah. there's somebody has talked about it, you know, I just, it's such a simple thing to Google because Google just, you know, has a lot of answers. Not all of them are correct, but um, you know, give it a try. And then you also like, if you use Instagram, for example, there's that whole Mm -hmm. like metrics inside of Instagram. That's like saying, Oh, this is like when your following is best and most active or whatever. And, and if your goal is to hit a max impact, um, then that's the best time to do it. And for the most part, it is good to just have a maximum impact, you know, cause then you get more people to see it and hopefully, if you love what you're doing and you're sharing the work that you love, then you're hoping that like that will evolve into more stuff that you love. And then hopefully it yeah. becomes like a, a thing that you can enjoy longer and stuff, you know? So for sure. Like it's difficult though. Like, yeah, I think about, cause I, I used to really care about, um, no, I, no, I used to care. I started to learn a bit more about just engaging with people. I think if someone's going to take the time of day to share your stuff or leave a comment, I'll take the time to also reply to it mm-hmm. when I find the time. Uh, even I, I think about that, Twitter, yeah. like, you know, I think it's important to uh, share the stuff that inspires you, not just share your own work, but, you know, if you've seen cool art from somebody, like, share it. Uh, the stuff that you saw that, that inspires you from the past, share that as well. Like, and I, I, I think that shifting mentality helped grow my audience on Twitter. Yeah. Um, 
Twitter's kind of like they're all like, different, right? What do you think of Twitter in comparison to Instagram and Facebook? Because they're all well, they all they Instagram all is like yeah. yeah, Instagram is where I had like my biggest following. It's like it's like eighty plus, eighty k or something like that. Um, yeah. On Twitter, the last six months, I had like three hundred followers, uh, and so when I started, because I didn't know how to use it really, I would just kind yeah. of chat to my friends on it, and that would be that. And then when my photography picked up, I started to just post it, but I didn't. It was kind of just throwing it out there and not actually engaging with people, which is where it really excels. Mm. I think as an artist, let's say you're doing comics, illustration, whatnot, the two best are probably Tumblr and Twitter, just because of the way that you're able to blog stuff and retweet stuff. Yeah. Because even though I have like the biggest, like my biggest phone's Instagram, it's kind of stale. Like you upload an image and people don't, they look at it and that's it. It's gone and you move on, you know? Yeah, it gets lost in the feed. I think Facebook has the same kind of thing as well. Things aren't as permanent on those things. It's interesting because I wonder what we're, when we look back at this conversation mm-hmm. in five, ten years, what's the next platform? <laughs> it's going to be funny to think about this because I remember when MySpace was like the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wasn't really into MySpace. I never even had one, but I remember when people... I think I had were, one, but I didn't use it. Yeah, but people like lived on there, basically. You know, It was like the first kind of look at a social network mm-hmm. basically. Um, and now it's like laughable when you think about yeah. when you say the word Facebook or Facebook, when you say MySpace, like you kind of laugh, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, that was funny. That was weird. It was like almost like a weird outfit that you wore in high I, school or something. Yeah. I feel like the way things are going is probably all just going to be like video. Like I, I think that's the other yeah. thing. Like you start and, to build like a following online and then you start to read comments from people online. Some stuff's like super positive. So you're like, yeah, cool. Like I remember there was one guy that reached out and he it was it's kind of what drives me actually. Like some people will get in touch and this one guy in particular, he said, um, you know, I, I love your photography because I'm I'm super scared of flying. I'm fluent in Japanese, but I will never go to Japan because of that. And I was just like, Holy oh, shit. Wow. I used to I used to do live streams and stuff on Instagram, so I would just walk around on in the streets of Tokyo and just be like, Hey, what, where do you want me to go? Left or right? Like Huh. Go to a vending machine and be like, you know, pick a drink, uh, just pick a random username. And they would tell me which one to buy, and people are like, you know, it's engaging. Sure. Um, it's stuff like that that drives me. But the, the thing with like social platforms is also that kind of anonymity, I guess. And you can you can say what you like online, but people, you know, creators read that stuff. Yeah. Um, I kind of laugh about it. I remember, I remember, like, the funniest one was. Uh, I think someone was like, this is your worst photo yet. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just like the fact that you can kind of do that. And you think about YouTube, it's just like massive. Yeah. And before that, it used to just be like message boards. Um, I kind of grew up on message boards when I was like a teen. I would mm. do like Winamp skins and stuff. On, it was like a site called GUI stuff. It was, um, do you remember like Wasted Youth or Razor Arts? I've heard of it. I remember it. I like super old communities. Yeah. In like the art space. Yeah. But um, yeah. The uber nerdy stuff. But they're like <laughs> they're like little congregations basically, of yeah. like-minded people. Yeah, and that's kind of what the internet is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to connect people um, from different you know walks of life and different depths and stuff. And I think to allow people to have that, mm-hmm. those different connections and all that kind of fun stuff, which I I find. Is, is when the internet actually works. But yeah, I was going to ask you the next thing is like how mm-hmm. you deal with haters, but I guess it seems like you just brush them <laughs> off. So 
I think yeah. the, the biggest thing I find like difficult was um, like, you know, photography, I just post it. One time I made the mistake of putting on my website, like the highest resolution image I had was like 6K wide. And it ends up on like the front page of Reddit. And uh, people were like selling it on eBay and stuff. <laughs> I didn't know how to take it because I'm like, this is like my vacation photos, right? Like, <laughs> they're my holiday pictures. You wouldn't yeah. just steal someone's holiday pictures and stick it on a rug. But it's like exactly what they did. Like, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to like know what to to do about it, you know. Yeah, I know difficult. what happens to a lot of artists that I know now. Um, do you ever? It was like James White, Signal Noise. Yeah, he deals with that stuff a lot. I'm sure Aaron Draplin, same thing. Like yeah. graphic designers who like they'll make something that's super cool, and people start to just kind of knock it off. And, yeah, they just rip that it sucks. off. That sucks. Yeah. Actually, that just happened with the Blade Runner poster, too. Keep bringing it up, but that's okay. a topic of an... Yeah, some crazy guy, um, <laughs> mentally, uh, just like a nap. I don't know what his deal was, but yeah, yeah he took the poster that Maché and I made and, and basically mm-hmm. put it on his site and put and said it was his and then tried to sell it on yeah. Yetsi or something like that. I don't know what these things mm-hmm. are. And, and, and I don't care about that. And I don't even pay attention to that stuff, but I got a lot of people like... Yeah, they're like, hell, oh, this guy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't care. Like, whatever. That's weird, you know? And so we just send his, we send all that stuff off to Alcon, the ones that run the, mm-hmm. own the rights and they paid for the work. And I say, well, you should maybe talk to this guy because he's ripping off the work you guys paid us for. And, and but then, and then the guy had the gall to send me a long message saying mm-hmm. that he thought I was a ripoff and that <laughs> wow. my work was a ripoff and I was just ripping off like, other artists and i was like oh you're just trying to like um justify your horrible actions and i just i just deleted and removed him and blocked him i just felt like i felt so sad for that person because like he's just not even a human he's like a half a human like completely lost to reality um and it's just sad sad i've had pretty much like the same kind of uh yeah the same kind of stuff happen weird what's up i think it's like it's just like people don't Like people don't appreciate like how much time you like you, like you make that poster. You think about all the different iterations you would go through to get to that final piece, and then you start to carve out the details. Maybe you do different color variation and whatnot. Yeah. And then someone just takes it, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, weirdos, man. I mean, uh, I get it. If you're not going to respect <laughs> the time and the work and stuff, I understand that. Not every time it translates properly, yeah. but it's just like, wow, like you're 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 that's really gross you know yeah. so <laughs> but like, i mean I, think, I don't know what i don't know what the solution i know i think i have a solution for a lot of this stuff you're not going to get a hundred percent success from it but for the most part is you develop a good community of people that mm-hmm. respect your work and and love what you do and and understand that and thankfully the community kind of just grows on its own and like i said those are the people that would tell me about these things they would go look at this guy and i'm like well okay <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But I don't know what to say. Yeah. You know, like I feel bad for him. He's like, I don't know what he's got a mental issue or something like, yeah. who, how do you, how would that, how do you, in what wor- world is that make any sense You know, <laughs> to take somebody's like work and do that? There's so many like gray areas. Cause I remember someone did a, I think it ends up like front page of Reddit and it's like a picture or injure. And it's a picture like watercolor based on a photo that I took. So I was like, I didn't, I didn't really mind. It's just the fact that the guy was like, yeah, this is from my imagination. I was like, wow, oh. okay, sure. <laughs> and, um, that's so sad. I, I don't know. I, and I, I replied cause I was like, fuck it. Um, and I was like, 
okay, so to take this single image, you would have to spend money on this camera. You know, Adobe, even that, it's not super cheap. You have the camera, the travel, the accommodation, all the gear that it would take. Most of my pictures are in the rain, so I have my umbrella. I'm stood out there often by myself. It's like 4 a.m. Uh, I could get, like, mugged with all this gear that I have to take this one single not picture Japan, that someone decides to... Yeah, not in Japan. Japan's <laughs> super safe. But, yeah, like, incredibly safe. Do you know what I mean? That, and that's the part that people don't think about. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write this and... Uh, I did it, and I was, and he was like, he removed it straight away because I think he realized where I was coming from. Yeah, that's good. Um, good on you. It's a weird fight, though. It's a weird fight, and I'm sure that some people something, that are yeah. listening here now, if you haven't had it happen to you yet, if you continually go out and there and make <laughs> great work, happen. it's going to happen to you. And it's a weird thing yeah. that you kind of have to deal with. And if you're the person that does that kind of stuff, please stop. It's gross. It's really quite disgusting, and nobody likes it. Yeah, and especially but I, you. I, I love know. it. I love it when people. I love when people use my stuff to like do studies, you know, like, sure. Yeah. I just, it's just a picture at the end of the day, you know, but someone can learn something from it. That's great. Like, yeah. um, and I love seeing it. Like some people do stuff with like, there's like pastels and I'd never seen like such rich colors and pastels before, but it was like one girl that followed me and did it. And I was like, wow, holy shit. That's cool. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me going. You know, that's cool. Um, you get inspired by other people's work. Is that what gets you going? I look at stuff all the time. Like um, I'm often just saving images. I see cool stuff. I follow a lot of areas that don't really concern me. Like I suck at 3D. I tried it one time, and I'm just like, so I think because I've also worked with like amazing 3D artists. Like when I worked at Crytek, mm-hmm. the, you know, the environment stuff was just next level. Yeah, um, that'd be even a better excuse because then you get to ask them more <laughs> questions. Yeah, I teach you. I, yeah. Well, actually, that's one of the coolest parts of Yubi. Like, um, you ever seen Pascal Blanchet? Yeah, his work is great. Mm-hmm. So I, I worked with him for like a straight year. Oh, that's um, great. Sat next he to each seems other. like a really nice guy. Super nice. And I, I've learned a lot from him. Like someone that... He's ZBrush guy. He like, basically mentored me in tons of different... Yeah, he's, you know, he works full time. He does like Nomad stuff. He works in his personal projects. Just making stuff all the time it's just like super inspiring so that I can go to him and be like, Hey, you know, I'm struggling with uh, what to do with this image. You've got any tips? And he can just be like, yeah, have you thought about this? And I'd be like, Holy shit. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even stop to think. So it's like, things That's like that. Awesome. Where it's I'm one of those things where you, that, you have, I don't have that. I'm at, I'm at a home. I have a lot yeah. of friends, which is thankful, but they're not next to me. I learned yeah. so fast. If I was next to these people, I would, okay, tell me how that, and how do you do that? And how you do that? I just bug That's them the whole like, time. <laughs> it's always like my biggest tip to like students, like the people around you are normally the people who will push you the most. Like, yeah, you got to surround yourself with good people though. It's, that's like the yeah. best people you can. That's usually the best way to do it. The more you can surround yourself with better people, the better you're going to become, you know, like sure. again, bringing up that poster again, I guess it's like the freaking touchstone of this. <laughs> I apologize. But, um, you know, like working with Mache on that, like we, a lot of people were really curious, like, hey, how did that work? How did he pass the work back and forth? So it wasn't even um, a struggle because we've worked together for so long and yeah. we would just, we were so honest and candid with it, like, that doesn't look good or try this, let's do this. And then it was just, there was zero ego. We just teamed up yeah. mainly because it was so much work that Mache, when Kiss Mache is the one that got the job, it was mm-hmm. too much for him to take on. So he had me help him out and it was just kind of like a, freestyle you know like go for it and try this and can you do the car here and i'll do um you know the dude and how about i'll do the background that's like back and forth that's like super important as well like mache 
I, because I worked at Crytek, he was working as a concept artist back then. Oh, okay, great. So he was on Crisis 3, and then I think he went to Naughty Dog, he worked on Last of Us. Yeah. Um, I remember his stuff, like, since back then, I never met him. Oh. I, I watched him on the Twitch, actually, super cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he's very um, approachable. But it's like, it's important, I think, as an individual to not, like, overburden yourself with stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I have, like, a friend uh, called Vince, and when I when I started, the, all my photography stuff picked up. I literally knew nothing about a camera. Like, I was shooting an auto, auto even. I had this expensive DSLR. I yeah. knew what I wanted to take pictures of, but my limitation was the technical side. Sure. And so yeah. Vince was, like, you know, giving me all the tips of how to shoot properly. We eventually went to different locations and shot different people. In fact, awesome. we shot, um, do you remember Christine Adams? Yes. We did like yeah. the Ghost in the Shell stuff. Mm-hmm. It's my friend Christine. So randomly shot with her one time we were in uh, San Francisco, I think. I think I saw that. Yeah, I think she was telling me about that or something. She's cool. Yeah, She's so a friend take, of mine. Like, tons of pics like that. But yeah, it was just, if you need someone else to like offload that stuff. You need to like, I think if you try and you do it yourself, you're like, yeah. yeah. You need a mentor, uh, and through every step of life, you need to have a mentor there, somebody to teach you how to do something. And yeah. I think if uh, if your whole life is spent learning and, and accelerating and growing, I think that's really the the trick. That's where it's all at. I think that's my personal take on it. I think life is made for us to live yeah. and learn the entire time, and and then we die, and that's it. You know, we live <laughs> and we learn and we've shared and exchanged and. And then and there we go, and hopefully the generation above us is going to have a better situation than us. You know, it's like is it is it like the same for like for me? I just have like ideas all the time, like creative ideas, but I don't always have the time to do them. Like, yeah, yeah. It's one That's of those things one. where I'm just <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. And I make a list of it though. Time. Oh, I make a list for sure. Yeah, like I gather references and boards, think about what I would do and how I would do it, but. The time is always against me. Like um, there's always enough time. It's just a matter of what you what it is that you're trying to do. That's one thing I realized yeah, over sure. time too. It's like there always will be enough time for the things that matter most. You know, like you make enough yeah. time to use the restroom. And like, why is that? It's like, well, <laughs> I have to use the restroom. You know, it's like, well, yeah, it, you have to kind of want those things as much as you want to breathe or use the restroom. I think that's really. That's one thing that changed me. I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to live a priority-based lifestyle so that yeah. I get the things done so I don't die um, unhappy or miss out on all the opportunities that I once wanted to do throughout life, you know? So I think that's the thing. Like, yeah, even my photography, I got like a lot of opportunities. I, I honestly took, I took the best ones that were there, the ones that I was like the most passionate about. Like I remember... You know, because I work full time in video games, I'm sat there at my desk, and then I would get like a DM or so. Someone would follow me, and I'd be like, "Holy shit, who's this?" And like in the past, like I never shot people. Like I would shoot a lot of street stuff, like random people, like never actual portraits. And so, like that's one thing I think about where I needed help. Like I brought different friends or whatnot to do all these different places, whether it was like Tokyo or LA or I don't know just like Hong Kong. I went to Hong Kong as well. It was actually just as Ghost in the Shell released. So you worked on that. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it yet just because I'm like, yeah, I think it's like, you know, I don't want to have fun. Yeah. No, because I'd love to watch it. It's just more that I have a series of pictures in Hong Kong that I didn't really put out yet. And it was another one of those projects I couldn't really turn down because it was like, hey, do you want to come? It was Hong Kong tourist, 
tourist board got in touch. They're like, hey, you want to take pictures of Hong Kong? And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, of course, right? Yeah. But then I'm like one person. Like, how do you take pictures of that? So when I was there, Ghost in the Shell was in the cinema, and I was like, maybe I should watch it. But if I do watch it, I'll be like too inspired. I'll end up, I don't know, doing stuff like too similar. You know, mm. it's, it's always one of the things I'm like always aware of. Yeah, that's actually um, good of you to, to to be aware of that, though, because it is there's a there's a hive mind that happens, you know, and yeah. we're constantly being inspired by everything and and um, and how much how close you let that inspiration happen to you is like going to define sometimes it defines your entire creative process, you know. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to be aware of that because, yeah, it does stack up for sure. And then before and you know just, it, everybody's like, it looks like this. Oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't mean for that, but it's it is yeah. it is like that, yeah. Because yeah, I don't, I, I really don't mind if people see inspirations. Like I like that, like because it's often stuff I love the most, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember actually because I watched one of your podcasts. I watched, I listened to one of your podcasts because you mentioned Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in terms of video games, like what, what were your favorite games? Oh man, I I was really quite addicted to Metal Gear Solid. I mean, yeah. also like Metal like Mortal Kombat when it first came out, mm-hmm. that I was like a big game, game changer. Yeah, I, I sucked at all those games. I mean, yeah. I was okay at Metal Gear Solid. Um, and I like I love all like the original NES games, like Ghouls and mm-hmm. Goblins and stuff. But I don't know if I have a necessarily a favorite. Um, I'm so like for me, it's like life is a favorite. Like everything is a favorite yeah. almost in a sense. Like I have a. My daughter oftentimes asks me, like, what if you would do that? Or what's your favorite this and that? I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have, like, I love it all. Like, I just yeah. really enjoy it. But I'd say, like, yeah, Metal Gear was really cool because I feel like um, the aesthetics of that world mm-hmm. um, and the art, the, the the art of it really captured me um, more than anything. I wasn't really yeah. into, like, the soap opera dialogue and stuff, but I was really, I loved the idea of that world and, like, um, like, um, What's his name? Freaking Cyborg Ninja or whatever. I can't remember. I'm totally drawing a blank. The one with the metal face, like a. It's not Raiden. No, the one no. he's got like it's he's all metal. He's like a snake, something. I forget. He's in the first God, PlayStation one. Blank. Yeah, I even drew him. Uh, I made a big poster. The hacker, there. the one. <laughs> now I'm gonna sound like a total noob. Yeah. People are listening like you guys are noobs. Um, <laughs> total noobs. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a Friday. It's been a long week. Um, yeah, it has been a long week. But yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, I but his design was so cool, and and all that. It is another again another introduction to um, Japan and the lens yeah. of Japan and the. Style Did you ever get to meet um, Kojima? No, not yet. Eventually, I'm I'm hoping to. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but he seems like a pretty. Oh, I'd love to meet him. Seems like uh, somebody that's like a kindred spirit to me. I just. I love how he kind of just goes off and does his things and yep. seems like a really cool guy. How did you get in touch with him? Uh, it was the first, yeah, the first time I met him was like, I was on the, no, I went, I went to E3 and I was, yeah, I remember it was Far, Far Cry 4 and I had to do like the VIP booth. So people had to come up and play the game. You had to just show them whether it was like IGN or like, you know, just pre- like press. Mm-hmm. I think it was someone that was like, uh, oh, yeah, we have, like, Japanese press coming up. Are you okay to, like, show them the game? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And then you turn up, and it's, like, Kojima and his squad. And <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit. And, like, I'm holding, the, like, the controller in my hands, and it's, like, I'm just, like, sweating. <laughs> uh, and I had to, like, demo the game. We are playing co-op, like, me and him. Mm. And I, I just, like, fucked up. <laughs> and that's the thought. I was like, 
<laughs> the intern. Um, and it wasn't until, yeah, it was like last year, like I, I took his picture actually. Um, uh. and I, I kind of did a grade that was kind of inspired by Snatchers, like his first game. Mm. Um, but it was just this like surreal experience because I think he was like the fourth person I took a picture of. Like I just didn't take pictures of people. So just this huge like learning curve, right? Like, and how do you like direct someone like that? And I remember the whole night, like I, another one of those things of just engaging with people, like someone follows me on Instagram and it turns out to be this well-known Japanese director, uh, Ryuhei Kitamura, but he doesn't, he didn't have like a huge following. But I just recognized the name. He did this, did this film called Versus. He's done films with like right now he's Very working versus. on a film with. Uh, What's that John game Rano, about? The versus Grassley. game. Let's see. Versus a movie. Um, uh, I think it's. I think I even pirated it back in the day when it was like VCD. I remember him telling him that. Um, <laughs> but he followed me, and I was like, "Oh, let's meet up." We were in LA. We hung out, and then he was like, "If you're in Japan." Uh, you should like come meet Kojima, and I'm just like, that's not gonna happen. And then it actually happened. <laughs> wow, I remember I'm like awesome. on the night, and it's like he's like, oh, he'll, he'll be here at like 8 p.m. And I'm like, he's not fucking coming. This isn't happening. <laughs> and he turns up, and I'm like taking his pictures, and I'm like, holy shit, what that's I'm awesome. doing with my life? Have you posted those um, photos up? I don't know if I've seen those. I put one picture up. I had, I had this talk where I put put the stuff in because I was like, I have this one shot. And it, it's like a, a close-up of him. You can see his like steampunk-style glasses on, mm. and the reflections just like my crotch. So I like to stick that in the in a PowerPoint because I'm just like, it's just such a surreal moment. <laughs> so it's my crotch, but it just happened to catch the reflection of me in it. Huh. Um, but yeah, I got to hang out with him that night, and then he was like, "Oh, hey, do you want to come to the studio?" And I'm just like, "Of course! Like, I'll drop everything to do this." That's awesome. And it happened to be like the one year anniversary of Kojima Productions, like when we branched off. Hmm. And so, yeah, I got to go to the studio, hang out, and it was just like me and him, his producer and his assistant. And That's right. Filmed a bunch of stuff. Like he'd had a few drinks because it was like their, their big, big celebrations. It was super chill. Um, it was crazy seeing his office. Like I took a bunch of pictures I would never really post online. But it's just him at his desk, like in his element, like just he's got his earphones on, yeah, and listen to his music, play some David Bowie or whatever. His his collection of stuff is insane. Yeah, like he yeah. has like signed memorabilia from like every director ever, wow. video game directors, film directors. Like, I guess that makes high sense. end like collector stuff. Um, he's he's tied with Del Toro, nice who's also like really big into collecting yeah. as well. I think it probably makes sense. Yeah, that's but yeah, it was just like insane. I love that though. That's what I love about this is um, how surreal that is. But that experience that you've achieved, you know, by pursuing your passions and like learning to take photographs and then yeah. going off and doing that. And I think that that's kind of how it needs to happen. I think in my mind, like it it happens so organically that yeah. it's it's like a passion thing that leads into something that evolves basically, and that evolution however natural and healthy it is, like I think mm -hmm. really is a testament to the growth in which everything else follows, I think, you know, and then you get these awesome opportunities, you know, to do these things that you never would have thought of, especially if yeah. you were to just stay at home and do your normal habit, you know. Um, and I think that's really it, like the last, it's probably like ever since I joined the games industry, it's like just trying to be out of my element, be out of my comfort zone, you know, 
you can yeah. sit there and do nothing and not speak to anybody or you can just go and explore the world and see what you know what can come your way and i think that's like the coolest part it's like if you think about software you think about oh i'm going to learn cinema 4d you don't really <laughs> think where it's going to take you and you look at someone like beeple yeah like i managed to reach out to through my photography mike's like, great i know you know him well yeah but like it's things like that where you're like it's a program but and you buy you buy the software, but the creativity that you get from something like that, or like me buying a camera, is like I don't know, limitless. You know, you can I don't know, it's just super inspiring. Especially you hear about other people's stories and whatnot. Yeah, and I think it's key too. And I think that um, you know, it's good to have those moments in your life where you take a risk and try something different, because especially artistically and creatively, because you really don't know where it's going to take you. As much as you yeah. want to control that destiny, you never know. And I think if you keep your mind open and you want to learn and, and if you put your passion towards it, I, I think that that's like, that's one lesson my brother always taught me. It's like, whatever you do, mm -hmm. just do it with all your passion because everything else will come from there. And he couldn't have been more right with that advice, I think, because people, it's a universal thing. We all kind of gravitate towards that passion, whatever it is, whether it's like making yeah. knives or like, <laughs> some people are really passionate about hunting animals, you know, and like yeah. people, there's a following for that. And there's never been a better time than now to like really. So how, how do you that. like, do you find the same where like maybe year by year or maybe it's like month by month, you're just, you feel yourself just pushing a different direction. Like, yeah, constantly. You know, cause like, when did you, when did you know you wanted to make like a film or a short film? Or? Um, I think uh, it started to really solidify for me when I started to mm -hmm. see my friends doing it, you know, and being around people that were like friends that were, they weren't like David Fincher or Stanley Kubrick, yeah. you know, these people that I've, you know, have books on basically. Yeah, I love both of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of both of their work. And so like, I think it was, it was, I started seeing it through like when my buddy Raul Marx put out his thing for mm -hmm. semi-permanent, I was like, wow. And then I started seeing... It's like the astronaut and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had one. He did it for like, he did it in a month or something on his own. I'm like, Dumb. how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's this like for me, it's just like, wow, this is awesome. And then my friend Anthony yeah. Scott Burns, who's a massive influence for me, he's incredibly skilled and talented. And he did like this mm -hmm. little little short thing on this MTV thing that he made like a long time mm -hmm. ago. And I always bring it up to him. He always laughs, but I always bring it up because it's one of my favorite things that he's made. I know it's weird, yeah. but it's, it's just really cool. And I, um, there's just, I think after seeing that, I, I realized, I mean, I've always wanted to make films, but I am not, I'm kind of a weird guy. Like I don't live in LA. I don't like the Hollywood yeah. thing. Really. I'm not really into that stuff. When we made the lost boy thing, it kind of just came about naturally, um, organically. And that's kind of how I like things to progress as natural and organic as possible. And yeah. Kind of goes from there. So, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, you never know. You know, you just put your best foot forward and then you go and see what happens, basically. And things kind of That's why it's been, it's been like super inspiring, like watching your journey. Like yeah. anytime you've like updated your site and I see like, holy shit, you worked on this film or like worked with these people on this. Like it's, it's crazy. Thank you. Um, I feel like it's just getting started to be completely honest I've, every day yeah. is like a new thing i have a um, there's a there's a couple of things that are coming up here soon that are going to be pretty special and actually involving christine so it's going to be a lot of cool. fun so yeah and there's a couple the next couple of things are going to be pretty special and i'm really trying to do my best i don't know um to, to to be able to manage everything by myself so i can just do as much as i can by myself to make it fast you mm -hmm. know 
Because, yeah. And I talked with um, Maxime Zeskov, my friend Maxime. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He's really great as well. Sure. You should check him out. I think you'd really like his work. But okay. his whole goal, and I've had him on the podcast before. He's awesome. He's from mm-hmm. Russia. But um, like his goal, and it's kind of similar to mine, is we we want to work hard, but then we want to be able to take like sabbaticals two to three yeah. times a, a year to do our own films and create those things because we know that those will ultimately lead to those other things that we yeah. love to do. That's kind of that's kind of like how I feel. I remember I was speaking to is it Ben Maru? Do you know him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like just seeing his like journey as well, like. I see a lot of people that worked in video games that maybe went to film and then they do their own stuff or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I think just as a creative at some point, you're like, I need to make this. Like I need to do this because I have to, you know, like, yeah, just, you're possessed to do like it. Just, basically. Yeah. Like actually possessed, like you have to just get it out of you. Do you have um, some things in your mind right now that you're thinking are going to be some stuff that you're aligning? You mentioned like a short film when you go back mm-hmm. out to, Japan, have you manifest that? And how do you go about doing that and making it so that it becomes something tangible yeah, at the end of it? Yeah, because when I think that I bought the DSLR, I really wanted to do video stuff, but the photography is kind of what I ended up pushing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as an artist, I, I know the Adobe stuff, like, inside out. Yeah. And so it's being able to lean on that and be like, where could I take that? So then I want to learn more about cinematography, like how do you move the camera, how do you... You know, create connecting shots that makes the narrative make sense. Mm. Um, I have a, a bunch of ideas, a big like, one, <laughs> visually, but I'm not a storyteller. Like, I don't read a lot, I don't write a lot. So, I, I have a bunch of friends that would be keen to like collaborate. I think it's just, I just want to do that. I just want to be like creative, but just as a side piece until like, I don't know, you just have to, just something I really want to do, like to bring that style that I have from my photography into. So moving images will be like it's like next level for me like it yeah. makes the most sense in terms of progression that's awesome um yeah you should do it that, like I, I would love to just do like a video game obviously at some point mm. not in like the near future but what kind of game would you make uh i'm not sure like, i just love to me it's always just about the visuals like hmm. i'm an artist like so i just do something inspired by the stuff that i love Mostly film, I guess. Did you enjoy what Ken Wong and then those guys out? Uh, I forget the studio, but they made like uh, Monument uh, Valley. Too. Monument Valley, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I met, yeah, I met uh, the producer. I didn't. I never met um, Ken, but he's we, awesome. We spoke online, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, he just released. Well, he just teased like his new game. It's oh, cool. super cool. Oh, um, awesome! I have to check that out. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It begins with that, uh, but it's kind of like anime style. Um, but yeah, Monument Valley is super cool. Um, yeah, so beautiful. I was addicted to it. It's such an inspiration for me. Yeah, I loved it. I just love that kind of style too. And there's that also yeah. that one other game, Journey. I think it's called. I can't remember what that's. Oh, uh, Journey is like. Yeah. I didn't play it, but visually, it's, I watched it. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I have the art book too. It's really great. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time because I don't really necessarily make enough time for games as much as I enjoy them. I just. Yeah. I'd rather go and write my movie stuff or build a scene mm-hmm. or learn some kind of new thing inside of cinema. I'm in that whole kind of weird space. Mm-hmm. But uh, also speaking of Kojima, I feel like him and Del Toro made one of the best things, that whole like Silent Hill. I forget yeah. that. That uh, thing was PT. insane. PT, yeah. That is just, yeah. dude, such an inspiration for me too because I love simple like mousetraps basically that mm-hmm. are just evolving, like evolving terror. Like I just, I just I love that. It's so cool. It's like such a 
such a rad thing. So if you were to make a game, would it be somewhere in that kind of that kind of realm, like a photoreal kind of Unity kind of thing? Definitely like realistic, I think. Yeah. Realistic, cinematic, something that... I don't know. If I think about the kind of stuff that I love, if I see games or I think of movies, I just love when like the visuals and the audio and the feeling is just like on point. Yeah. Like, um, think of video games, I guess like Red Dead Redemption is one of my favorites just because of the audio and the visuals. That. Yeah. But then I guess like more recently, did you ever play Life is Strange? Nope, never played that. It's just like this, it's quite a simple game, but they have this soundtrack, like just so many different artists on it and it just goes so well with the visuals hmm. that it adds to the, the world. Okay. So like that's the kind of stuff that I care about. Like, because I remember you had like makeup and vanity set on yeah. the podcast, yeah. right? Yeah, like, Matt. I fucking love his music. Yeah, it's like, awesome. When I want to take pictures, I'm like listening to that shit on the, like. <laughs> so you um, must like, like Palo Priest then too, then, huh? Yeah, because yeah. is that Andrew or is it not? That's a- that's Anthony. Anthony Scott Anthony, Burns okay. makes that music. Anthony, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got confused there. Um, yeah, yeah, because I remember he had his little music videos, like black and white, and um, I just loved the music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I drive to what, his music often when I'm up <laughs> in my car. I'm in my car and I'm up in the mountains and it's all foggy yeah. and it's all I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> it's a lot Sick. of fun. Yeah, it's just like it heightens the experience. I think you know, I could see if you're out in Tokyo and you're taking mm-hmm. photographs and you're just listening to the tracks. Like, definitely, I can see that being yeah, like, it's a, like a whole Spotify playlist that I put together and I just listen to stuff. Just it's awesome. You get in that mode and you kind of centralize it. That's what's cool about music, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's such it's such an important part of the the experience too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm eventually. I think I will be doing the same thing. Eventual, uh, Anthony. I've been talking about just moving our mm-hmm. attention because we feel that um, he has this great analogy. It's like working like towards building like you know our, his whole life has been focused on wanting to be a feature film director. And yeah. the, the the problem is though is like the things the state of the 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 business is is it's really falling apart and it's not sustainable necessarily. I mean there is mm-hmm. there's there's stuff there, but like video games are really where the future is. Like fully immersive, three sixty, um, full immersive experiences is really like yeah. like you're saying like like you're doing the poor man's version of like a, a VR plugin when you're out there yeah. like, Oh, what should I do? So like when you're like, oh, you're going to sell front row tickets to, to your fans to go and travel along with you out in yeah. there. And instead of taking photos, you're like taking the experience with them, you know? And you're like, yeah, it just takes it to like another level. I think like, yeah. I love film, like, but at the end of the day, you're, you're going into a, like a theater and you're watching something for hour and a half, two hours, two hours and a half. And, yeah. You consume exactly what is there and it doesn't branch off from that path, you know? Yeah. Video yeah. games is like you it's can immersive. have like different experiences and whatnot. Yeah. Like, uh, VR is pretty interesting. Like I didn't I haven't worked on VR stuff. I'd be have curious, you tried it? but I've tried a lot of VR. The, the thing I love the most What's was the best uh, headset so far have you tried? I guess it's, is it the HTC, wasn't it maybe? Because I've, oh, I've heard have you ever used good. Tilt Brush? I've heard about it, yeah. Um, so I was at one of these events. I think it was Adobe Max, and I was in San Diego, actually. Oh, That's okay. where you are, right? Yeah, you should have hit me up. I didn't know. Yeah. You're close so by. I was there, I guess, last year. And, yeah, they had, like, the backpack, which had the laptop on it, so you were essentially wireless. Oh, that's And I was cool. just, like, redoing the Tron logo in VR with, like, mm-hmm. a line tool. And it was just, like, walking around it and seeing, like, the neon effect and stuff was just mind-blowing. Awesome, huh? 
Yeah, I think that's like, you know, when we look at um, like our monitors and stuff, they're so funny. Yeah. Like they're so old school right now, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. It's just like, yeah, they're, they're it's just, it's just weird, you know? And I think like definitely the future is in those kind of like virtual, like more, yeah. more immersive. I don't know if virtual reality is necessarily like the key, mm-hmm. but I think it's definitely going to be all about immersive experiences. That's where it's going to go. In my mind, that's where it's going. That's what yeah, makes the most sure. sense to me because it's like all about having that immersive experience and the more immersive you can make it, the better the consumption is. You know, I always think like, you know, my daughter's da- kids, if the, she decides mm-hmm. to have them, they're going to be like, wow, like my grandfather used to go in a room with strangers <laughs> in the dark and watch the thing for two hours. Isn't that weird? You know, like just because the way we consume things, we rapidly consume yeah. them. We want more of those like altered experiences and like, I mean, I love films and things that like, I love being curated, you know, that's the one mm-hmm. thing that's kind of, it's going to lose a lot of that because, you know, if you watch a David Fincher film, he's like designing every frame to yeah. move. I mean, I'm sure you probably watched like the nerd writer and all those guys that critique. This yeah, kind of I stuff. That stuff. yeah, it's quite, it's pretty cool too. There's a lot of like, it's interesting, like the Siskel and Eberts of the day, like how advanced um, people are getting with like evolving their take on mm-hmm. the art in which they consume because we're we're not growing up with like um, paintings and stuff. Our paintings are like video games and and movies, yeah. basically, you know. And so the way we 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 just deconstruct things is really quite interesting. But yeah, I'm curious to see where it's all going to go. But I really firmly believe it's going to go into that realm psychologically. I think yeah. it's going to be much more um, of an interesting experience for everybody. Such a weird thing, because actually, yeah, on the top of like Fincher, like Seven, I remember it was like because I do a lot of games talks, but I always reference seven, like the intro titles. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Cooper's it's like, stuff. It's just, that one is just like perfect. Like you're summarizing. It's a perfect storm. Movie yeah. In like, and it's done in like seven seconds. You know exactly what the characters are, what the world is, the color palette, the feeling through the, the typography, the visuals, the audio, the way that it's edited. Like I live for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy because like working in the in this industry, like it's kind of crazy when you get those unicorn things. That was kind of a yeah. unicorn moment where you have an amazing director proving himself. You have um, amazing creative mind. You have the direction of these people. Like all those things combined, and mm-hmm. the hype and the energy behind it. It's just it all like culminated into this really rad thing to consume and to look at. And it's like for me, I always get pissed because i'm like damn it i wish like this happened more often they just don't you know like he'd like these guys only make so many films and when they do they oftentimes don't need a title sequence and whatever like or there's just these moments that you know they don't they don't necessarily need all those things to make it work you know and i I mean i don't think title sequences work for everything but yeah seven is definitely one of those like key moments i think Mm -hmm. very um very iconic moments you know and like I feel like we're, I'm waiting to see another iconic thing, you know, or I want to be a part of it. But yeah, I'm waiting to see. Is there, the any, is there anything like okay. recently you're like super hyped about in terms of film, like something you'd recommend? Um, man, I wasn't. Uh, let's see. I'm not gonna say anything bad. Um, <laughs> see, uh, not really. I'm watching Sopranos right now for for the first time, mm-hmm. which I love, which I think is crazy. I really wanted to get into it. It's yeah. I used to watch weird. back in the day, but I kind of stopped. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm lucky because it's all done, so I'm just blasting through it. Yeah. Um, 
shoot, I'm trying to think of something that I saw recently. That I like, I mean, I really loved Nocturnal Animals. That was really amazing. Tom sick. Ford's film. That mm-hmm. was really awesome. Um, I really like. I really enjoyed Arrival. I thought that was. Really oh, that was great. great. Yeah, great sci-fi. I feel like Denny is is really great at making films. Did you see uh, Prisoners? I, I really liked Prisoners. Yeah, it was just it was, like it was man, heavy, but heavy, heavy, it was heavy. Great. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, is it Hugh Jackman? Is his name? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's, Jackman, man. He just. Jake yeah, and Jake is amazing. I really love Jake. Um, like um, Nightcrawler. Have you seen Nightcrawler? Yeah. Sure. Loved Dinecrawler. That was incredible. That was insane. Um, I, most <laughs> most all of Jake's films, I watch those. Um, they're just usually he picks the right ones usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was like Enemy, Donnie Darko. Yeah, Enemy is great. You see Enemy? Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of watched on a whim. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Tons of symbolism all over the place in that film. Yeah. Just tons of it. Um, yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything that's as of recent. I've been meaning to go watch Mindhunter, which is uh, Fincher's I love film show. That too, yeah, yeah I want to watch that. I'm just kind of finished up what I'm doing here with the Sopranos, but um, and I know like with the Sopranos, I can have it on the side when I'm working. Yeah. But like with Fincher stuff, I mean, no disrespect to the Sopranos because I think it's really well done. But for mm-hmm. Fincher stuff, I almost like kind of study it just as much as I watch it and enjoy it. So it's yeah, kind of like this. Sure experience but no how about yourself have you seen something that you've been really influenced by or something that's really rad um, as of lately i mean obviously lately i saw blade runner yeah what do you think about that it's uh, visually i mean i, I love the film don't get me wrong like uh visually it was just great like so inspiring i don't know if you know uh john mccoy he's a concert artist um uh, maybe i used maybe. to be this guy he's used to sit with like for two years, maybe a year and a half, just sat next to him. Uh-huh. Now he works in film. It's a concert artist, so he worked on like Rogue One and stuff. Oh, cool. His name is like right next to Sid Means on the credits. Wow, it's like holy Good for him. shit! Yeah, what a high like, honor. Like, like seeing that, I think that's one of the. If I wasn't a big fan of the original, like I love the original. It's like I, I'm just when I think of the films I love, I'm just always about the visuals. Yeah, like I just am. Um, you didn't like the like, original, you said. No, I loved it. Oh yeah, um, the original is probably story wise maybe most beautiful. Not. Like it's yeah, kind story of is kind abstract. Of yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it's also like two thousand and one is like kind of an abstract storyline, but visually the compositions are just like great. Yeah, um, two thousand one Space Odyssey. Those are the kind of movies that you can watch time and again, and they'll yeah. give you something new because you evolve with them, which I find to be fascinating. But sorry, you were saying about Blade Runner. Yeah, like I just. I don't know. I, I watched it twice just because I was like, yeah, same. I wanted to see where they would go with it. You know, I'm like, I, I didn't really have anything to argue about. Like, I'm not one of those people that is like super opinionated about like a, a film. I yeah. just kind of accepted it for what it was, and I, I really That's enjoyed good. it. That's awesome. Um, same with like Valerian. A lot of people had like never bad stuff to say about it. Yeah, <laughs> I watched it. it in like it's like 4D or is it? I don't know what they call it. Yeah, the chair know. was like shaking and they were like blowing water in my face and stuff. Oh, okay. So you, yeah, it's like, like an experience. 3D glasses. Then. Yeah, it was. Yeah, kind of like a ride then. Yeah. The art, the art was like awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I saw Room recently. Did you watch that? Which one? Room. R-O-O-M. Like oh, I heard about that. Where the girls I didn't know like what it was about. and stuff in there. Yeah. So I didn't, really know, I, I didn't know any of the context. And oh, I, I just saw it and I was just like, fuck. Yeah, did it floor you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I thought it was, oh, maybe it's like a post-apocalyptic. 
<laughs> that's actually good. I love that. Blank, like, I yes, like going into films like, blank. I don't like people telling me anything I about them. Watch I just go. Well. Yeah, I don't watch trailers either because they're usually made by people that aren't um, attached to it and they're just trying to push yeah. the agenda to push the tickets, you know? And so, and like, yeah, just, I avoided all of the Blade Runner trailers because obviously my photography is like so inspired by Blade Runner that people tag me and stuff all the time when the new trailer would come out, someone would send me it. I'm like, I just avoid it. Yeah. I just did, I wanted to just experience it for the first time, you know? Yeah. Um, I felt like the first Blade Runner was, it was a far more beautiful in, in yeah. regards to textures and color and tone. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I, I, I'm a huge fan of Roger Deakins. <clears throat> there's just certain scenes. I was like, what the hell happened here? I was like, what, what is up with this? And yeah. there's a lot, it was really overlit. And, it, and I, like it's kind of, I don't know what I was doing with it, but I, uh, I was getting like up, up. I was getting pissed a little bit. I was like, mm-hmm. why, why did you do this? <laughs> Cause I loved that world and that space so much. And yeah. I'm not saying the whole thing was wrong or whatever. And it's cool. It's like Denny's film. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that he went off and made his own thing. It's super rad. Um, and, and for the most part, it's, it's awesome that he did it. But then I, I, w- I looked at some of the shots from the film um, mm-hmm. And then I looked at some of the shots from the original and I just caught like just same scenes like when he's in the detective room or when he's in his, his apartment. Yeah. And I took both of those images and put them together and I just put it on Twitter and I just said, yeah. um, I just said, people, like, give shit. <laughs> people are getting up in arms. They're getting super pissed, like super defensive of it. And I'm like, hey, chill out, people. You know, I'm not saying one's like... better than the other. You know, calm down. And if like you have an was... opinion, so who cares? You know, so. Yeah. I mean, Okay, like visually, let's say we pull an out, you know, like uh, if I think about, like, because Ryan Gosling, right, mm-hmm. he has kind of in his films like people put this aesthetic towards him. You think about Drive, which I loved. Yeah, it was beautifully like, shot. Only Gosling gives that kind of stuff. Yeah, beautifully but, shot. Again, another one. Nick but there were some Nick. shots that looked like um, he was in that rom com, and there were some shots in Blade Runner that just looked like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually Tim Saray that put it up. Mm-hmm. I think I replied like Tim Saray did like last night. I think you had him on the podcast as well. Yeah. And like, so things like that where I'm, I'm looking at it like, yeah, visually it's not, but maybe that's exactly what they were going for. Sure. Maybe and they, they were trying to make something leave. different. So and I think it's something you guess you have to think about, but Deacon's like, I, I love uh, Roger Deacon's stuff. Like, yeah, me too. When you see the road to perdition, I mean, all those, all this stuff is amazing. The silhouettes, man. Get yeah. me, like, Sicario is freaking amazing. Like, yeah. Some of the choices that he made. As well, crazy. Right? Yeah, he prisoners is amazing. I uh, yeah. again, I don't want to even try to open up that can of worms because I actually I have <laughs> a mad crazy respect and love for him. I just felt like certain things. I was like, what? What is this? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that different. I think it's probably and that brutalism, that simplicity, simplified brutalism. I get it, but like, <clears> yeah, <throat> yeah. I mean, when you when you look at Ridley's first three films or his first four films, I guess when you yeah. look at like Alien, which is visually just yeah, incredible, and then you look at Blade Runner again, another just visual mm-hmm. treat, and then if you look at um, what's that other movie, Legend? See, yeah. Legend? I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. Oh see man, Rain. you haven't seen Legend? <laughs> Oh no, Legends that really old sci-fi one, right? I'm gonna look at it's up. an old fantasy movie. Yeah. Um, let's see. This guy. They have a unicorn or something. Oh, dude! Visually, man, it's like okay, no, no, stunning. I mean, it's like I was like, like a kid. Yeah, you should watch it again, though. I'll watch it again, yeah. dude. This, some of the photography in there is just like incredible, yeah. incredible, incredible. Especially when they go and encounter um, like the devil mm-hmm. guy at the end. Um, He's the same guy, I think, I forget, the guy that did the uh, 
he was the clown in It, the original It. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. The British yeah. guy. It's like, yeah. But yeah, you should watch it. Tim. Visually, it's, visually, it's, wow, it's incredible. And yeah. you should watch and learn up about it because the most of it was shot in studio, which is incre- crazy. Um, Pinewood, I think, they shot a lot of it. But cool. yeah, visually, wow. Like, and that's the thing, I think that's what I, I guess, I mean, it's fine. And that A lot of people have gotten up in arms. So he's, he's making mm-hmm. his own thing. I'm like, cool, I appreciate that. But like when you're making Blade Runner, please stay in the noir, please, at least. Yeah. You know? um, at least. There's one thing that I know is like visually, like to me, Blade Runner is like Sydney's aesthetic. And you have, you have the smoke, you have like the grain, you have the highlights that are kind of dimmed down on the LEDs that are kind of off, like the channel's off and that's that's to me the style of that film. But yeah. when you see the new one, they kind of miss that stuff. Like, can I? I don't dislike it because visually it's still an amazing film. It's just that it's hard to, I guess, break out of the. You know, you're in the shadow of what the original film was, which is yeah. incredibly difficult anyway. Right? Yeah, and even like Denny said that when he heard that there was news of making it, he was like, "That was the worst idea," yeah. you know. So he was even making fun of the idea too. So. He understands it and I think it's cool I appreciate that he went off and did his own thing I just was like well I don't know what the deal is here like you know <laughs> I don't know like I guess like um I don't know I don't know it's tough it's a tough one I was expecting it to be a little different I guess but yeah and there's just certain things like in the police officer scene and mm-hmm. like the police office and the apartment mainly those two scenes the apartment um, was kind of sterile like yeah too much going on yeah set designers though yeah yeah and it's just too much light, too much light everywhere. I was like, man, yeah. I don't know, but whatever. I'm not the, the I have no, I'm, I can't, I can't complain really. I mean, I, I've never made for, a for film me. Like, level, I, so. I just love to look at that stuff for inspiration. Sure, like, I always same. break down. I take screenshots and whatnot. Find images online. I love Wallace's uh, office. Thought that was cool. Wallace's office and that whole like okay, the water. Yeah. I thought that was really beautiful and really amazing. That that was really nice. So there, I mean, there were some really great things, you know, so yeah. I'm not discounting it. So don't get up in arms people. And <laughs> don't be pissed if I have an opinion that's against Someone's yours. Call you yeah, I, I liked it. It made <laughs> me sad. I'm screw you, you know, like chill out people. Yeah. I had people just getting up in arms and they're like trying to tell me what's good. I'm like, listen, you don't tell me what's good. I know what's good. It's yeah. what I like. <laughs> it's like, no matter what you like, it doesn't matter to me. It's like my opinions are mine and that's what they are, you know? So I don't know. Did you it's, ever see uh, Black, Ring. Black Ring? Uh, Black Ring. I have Black Rain. Black Rain. It's Ridley Scott. Black Rain. Made it after. No, oh, i never it's seen it. It's got a freaking, uh, what's his name? The visuals, man. Michael Douglas? Yeah, it's got Michael Douglas in it. He looks all badass. Yeah, someone Black had done Rain. like, in black and white, it looks great. Someone had like, images up and then i watched it oh interesting this is super cool you watched thx 1138 no oh man that's like kill me oh that's awesome you need to watch that one that's one of george lucas's uh first films if you take american graffiti and and merge it with thx 1138 and combine it with like uh, what's that guy's uh uh, story what's that guy uh shit forget that guy's name the guy made like that one book that inspired all the you know the drama and films and stuff. Damn it. And my brain is so fried. <laughs> Sorry guys on this episode. We're both kind of like, <laughs> but like, um, actually brained up. And people are screaming the name of the guy right now. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, it's this guy. Uh, Joseph Campbell is his name. Sorry. Joseph Campbell made this like whole like book about like how the story arcs of human stories are and stuff. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, if you watch THX 1138, which I strongly suggest everybody watch because it's just like a a piece of, it's weird. It's like very underrated. It's not really like like a very well-known thing, but it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's awesome. It's not amazing. Visually, it's epic, dude. But you combine that with American Graffiti and put in some Joseph Campbell, boom, Star Wars. That's what Star Wars is. Yeah, I love watching these guys' careers too, and going back and watching all their filmography and seeing how they inspire, yeah. like they get inspired and shift and move and change. And if you really sit back and watch all this, you go, oh, "Wow, that movie wasn't good." And you go, "Oh, that one was really great." And then you go, "Wow, so they like they stuck they sucked on like five movies, and then they got really good." And you go, "Like, okay, well, at least I can stick to it because making a movie is incredibly hard, and somebody can stick through it, and you know, it's inspirational, you know." So. I've never heard of Black Rain. This is really interesting. I'm looking at the visuals. Yeah, they look rad. Yeah. Visuals are Check that point. out. What else you got? What else? Give me some more. Uh, <laughs> it's my, rare my that somebody's telling me movies. My favorite film seen. is Old Boy. Oh, Old Boy. Yeah, that fight scene in that hallway. Damn. It's just so good. Cause I, I never, <laughs> like I said, like I, I had a year where I just, I got into film. And I didn't really, I wasn't like a huge film fan. And I was just kind of watching crap stuff. And I, I saw Old Boy and I was just like, holy shit, I need to watch more Asian cinema. It has a voice, that's for sure. His film has has a definite voice, which I think I really applaud because, you know, you love that. That's why when you watch like a Fincher yeah. film or something, you want to watch the the, the 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 storyteller's voice is what you, you yeah, exactly. want to see, you know. And I think it's like just a premise. It's like the one liner, like a guy gets kidnapped and he gets released and he has like oh don't don't, don't spoiler alert to... yeah but yeah 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 <laughs> it's a one gnarly love premise it, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing because I remember I started to post like photos online and people would be like, "Hey, that looks like the old boy cover," and I'm like, "Holy shit, you're right!" And like, it's like <laughs> one of those things where you're like subconscious channeling stuff that you would have seen, right? And then you don't even think about it. Like when you think about it, because they come back to your poster. It's like, sure, it could look like Mobius to somebody, but you start to look at the details, and maybe it's a bit of a cure, and maybe it's I don't know. it's all the things that you're into, you know? Yeah. That's why I kind of look at it. It's like it's a culmination of all the things that you enjoy, you know. Um, and yeah, and it's just prior of the subconscious. And especially if you're constantly consuming things, where do you think that stuff goes? It stays there. It's, it's said yeah. once that you consume everything that you see and encounter. Your brain um, documents it. It's just a matter of how we would pull it out back and get it out. And sometimes it comes through us um, in the whim of a nighttime taking a mm-hmm. photograph at four o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> yeah. un- unaware. And then it just kind of comes about, you know. Did you ever it's see the American like, remake of Old Boy? I refuse to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, will never, I will never watch it. Yeah, Have no, it. same. But I, I love, um, what's the guy in it? Have you Josh seen Bowen. I Saw the Devil? Have you seen that oh, one? man, I watched that recently. Fuck, that's intense. <laughs> I, I love, I love like heavy films, but that after I watched whoa. that, I was just like, uh, <laughs> it felt horrible. Yeah, I felt dirty and just like, yeah, I felt definitely, uh, yeah, it was a that was a hard film. Because it's just watch. like, I don't know, An onslaught. Again, like I just juggernaut. saw it on Netflix and I wondered why I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, and then I did I the same thing. Like, did you watch uh, it late night too? Yeah. Yeah, same. I was like, I'm gonna watch this at like two o'clock in the morning, and then I was like. <laughs> What the hell? And I just feels like, like yeah, I, need you know, to I was not wired. Watch movies for like a week. Yeah, it was, dude. It was gnarly. I remember that, and I that it's it's, it's a testament to how good it is because I sat and watched it the entire thing, without yeah. even like thinking about it. And then before I knew it, boom! I was you know the movie's over. It's rare. Sometimes I'll sit through a movie and go like, what's going on here with this scene? And you know, 
or yeah. like I'd, I'd my just my attention would be distracted. But yeah, that one was nuts. Super crazy. Did you say like because you when you watch films, did you say that you? Because for me, when I watch movies, I I often remember like certain shots. So if I do pictures, I'm often channeling shots that I happen to see because I kind of connect the dots and then I take the shot. You know, like sure. If, I don't know, especially composition wise, it's something I always think about. So I have like a it's like a Pinterest in my head of like, oh fuck, this person is like dot <laughs> left, so I'm gonna wait until they get right into that shot. I'm gonna take the picture. Yeah, and I'm gonna that's grade good though. In a certain way, like yeah. I was going to ask you about your grading because I know that you push your photos quite a bit. Do you use Lightroom mm-hmm. or do you use Photoshop or Camera Raw or what? What's the process so for I, you? I love Lightroom personally. Yeah, like um, so when I got my DSLR, I, I use Lightroom all the time. Like um, but I had this really complex process, and I never really went into what my process. You was. don't have to tell it to. It's, I don't want you to. Oh, share I, it, so. I, I'm going to do like a YouTube or something because I I get DMs all. It's like anytime I post a picture, it's just like hey. How do you get those colors? Hey, is that, is that what it looks like? And I'm like, fuck my mind. But I, I, I like to reply. So make a tutorial like, hey. and, and sell it and yeah. make some money off of it. There you go. <laughs> I, I, but I, I love like teaching. So I'd love to be able to just put something there. But you know, like every picture is different. So if you tell someone, how to, like yeah. me personally, I don't like, I love tutorials maybe for the content, but I think if you just copy straight up a tutorial, no, you know exactly how to make that one thing that you don't yeah. know. Sorry, that doesn't like you yeah. have to be able to experiment and That's whatnot. Clutch. So it's kind of like, yeah. So for me, when I started, I used Lightroom just because I was like, I really wanted to learn it. I never used it before. So my original picture is so easy, Lightroom. so fun. It's great. It's yeah. like, and then I think after a while, I've used Photoshop since I was like ten, probably, hmm. and so I know it well enough. Hmm. Uh, and so I started to just kind of mash the two up. Sometimes I'll use uh, After Effects actually. Oh, After Effects I have is great like a, too. But I have like a bunch of plugins. It's like a single click. I can just get some quick effects. Yeah. Like free. That's awesome. Um, I use Sapphire stuff a lot. I love their pl- their plugins are amazing. Hmm. You ever use that, or do you use like Magic Bullet Looks or something like that for yours? I use. I have like Red. Is it Red? Oh, I was gonna say Red Giant. Red, um, Red Giant. Yeah. Red. <laughs> is it Red Giant? I think Giant it's Red Giant. Giant. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 They have like I, Magic Bullet and all that stuff, I think. Yeah, because I bought a bunch of different plugins because I, I do a bunch of video stuff. Um, like I have, I have different followings based on the pictures. Some people are really into anime stuff. Some people are into synthwave, vaporwave. Hmm. Other people are into just like rainy, moody, sad posting scenes. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so like I kind of I kind of just mix it up. Um, that that was like an interesting one because like. My, when I put photos out there first, I just kind of mess with the colors by trying to channel like a mood mm. per the image, like whatever's in the image. I look at the content, I try and think, okay, this this feels like this, which song, like I listen to music a lot. Um, like more recently, I started to just tag musicians in each of the pictures because it's like, to me, it just like enforces the mood, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, at some point, because I was speaking about it recently, like I, I, I start to think about like visual identity, right? Mm-hmm. And photography. So as a graphic designer, like merging the stuff I do in my day job into my photography, I start to do things like on my Instagram, I never show my face. I just, I have like the Spider-Man mask. So I got this custom made mask. It's got like lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. When I'm in Tokyo, I just take it around and people will. seen it. Yeah. So That's then you, people huh? know it's like me or something. And, <laughs> but in my game dev job, I obviously don't hide my face. I go to conferences, I do talks. 
<laughs> but it's just one of those things that people can then associate with that. And obviously, like a Persona. lot of my images, I use like purple, like a little split tone, or like, like I, the I start to, and stuff. Yeah, and I start to like push it to an uncomfortable level mm-hmm. um, because that's kind of my jam. Okay, and I think it's one of the things. If you think about it, photographers, they tend not to. Uh, you know, you want to keep it natural. You want to maybe <laughs> yeah. do a little HDR. Maybe you know. for me, Some I people really do. don't care. Yeah, you don't care. You're just making that. Nah, you want just to like your head. saturate the shit out of it. Well, you've yeah. seen Enter the Void too, right? Like the movie. Yeah, yeah and that's and like I, that's I, another thing I think that has like there's that realm that DMT like hyper yeah. like your eyes are open super wide to everything and you're just taking in all the the data. And just like yeah, that film is just <sighs> just great. Yeah, super just authentic. I think you know just trippy really, but like memorable. Yeah, yeah. A very unique um, film. Very memorable, though. And that whole DMT trip. Wow. What the hell? Yeah. And that <laughs> did whole, you ever like, see all the behind-the-scenes shots of how they did all of the scenes? Yeah. Incredible. Um, like I think modeling, it's, like, whole rooms, did all these tracking shots. Yeah. Incredible CGI work in that film. Really incredible work. And it's really cool to see that. Like, to me, that's my favorite thing. Like, Fincher does that, too, <clears throat> with his films. Is He'll use CGI when it's necessary to support the story mm-hmm. beyond, you know, instead of just being, like, we're going to punch a hole through the wall. Why? Because CGI can, that's why, you know, it's like, no, yeah. let's like think about this in a different way, you know? So, um, but I, I really admire that in the filmmakers and I also like mad respect to the, the Vis effects houses for what they did. I think it was I'm trying to think of BLR. Uh, I can't, no idea. yeah, I can't remember this name of the studio cause I used to watch the reel mm. all the time, just like blowing, blown away by it. But yeah, that was another one that's quite interesting, but yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool that you're using those things, and it's cool that you found your own practices and ways of doing it because I think that's really, it's, you're just pushing it, you know, and you're looking. Yeah. Uh, when I do grading and stuff, I'll I will um, I will look at a photograph or a scene yep. that uh, it's capturing that tone and mood that I want, and I'll basically look at it, get it closer to that, and then I'll remove mm-hmm. it off my computer so I don't see it anymore, and then I go and, <laughs> and I let the photo tell me what it's supposed to be, you know. Like I'm I'm like very much the same. Like I posted. It's funny, I hardly post on my Instagram. I'm busy with work, or I'm posting on Twitter and stuff like that. So I posted one the other day because I, I was, I don't know, I, was, I think I was traveling, so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to upload a picture. And all my feed was like purple, and I was like, here comes the combo breaker. And I just put it up. And uh, I, I pretty much loaded up a, a shot from the original Blade Runner. And there's this scene where there's like, I think it's little kids on bikes, and they're cycling through this fog. Um, and it's, it's very much like teals, yellows, uh, got a bit of grain to it. And so the last picture I posted, I essentially had it up and I, I'm able to like match colors pretty well, add some little effects that I kind of like to put in my pictures, but the content of the original shot just reminded me of it enough where I wanted to kind of bring that to it. Um, cause there happened to be like yakitori, like grill smoke, which is like, like I said before, like. Blade Runner, original Blade Runner, like smoke, the neons, the, the lights that are kind of dimmed, all of that stuff. And I was like, just put it into one picture. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, like I said, I had that printed off. Like, and it's a weird thing because, you know, picking up photography and whatnot, I'd never really seen my pictures printed. I think the first time I saw it printed was I, I did like a fashion shoot in Japan. And then I saw them printed out like huge in front of me. And I was just like, holy shit. Hmm. That's like awesome. it, you know, 
doing graphic design stuff in games, I get to see like made up posters I made or stuff mm-hmm. like that inside the world. But to see in like a, it sounds like such a geeky thing, but like to, to have something no, physical cool. yeah, and to look at it is just like, holy shit. It's another dimension because you get to touch yeah. it and look at it and feel it. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And that's cool when you can get, when you can see the work in person and kind of embrace it that way. Cause it is something so different and unique and it offers so much more dimension yeah. to it. Yeah. You talked a little bit about um, your dream projects, but we keep bouncing around. I apologize. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a, f- a film and a video game and all mm-hmm. those kind of things. Is there anything else that you're thinking of? And are you, do you have plans for those kind of things, those bigger projects that you have in mind or you have a trajectory? Get, it's difficult, right? Because obviously I work full time. So then I think about it, like, what can I, what can I fit in? I remember one time I had like a month off. And I fit in like a bunch of different things that I was doing all in the same time. And mm-hmm. It was actually around the time I grew like my Twitter stuff. Like you know, I ended up getting a lot of people because I was able to dedicate time to it. So now when I think about it, I'm like, I really want to do a short film. Uh, I just I just love the idea of capturing stuff in motion. And nothing like with actors and whatnot. It's just something very, I don't know the word, cool shots with like, like a little tone. voiceover and narration. Yeah, definitely about the tone. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing that would like exhaust me, but like just cool shots of let's say Japan, something ambient. Yeah. It was, there's one reference I remember ages ago. I can't remember the name, but it was basically just like it was still images. But for me, I'll do video, like a cool narration. Like I think of like the intro to Amelie. Did you ever see it? Yeah, of course. It's a beautiful. Film. It's just the way that it's put together. So it's like I love that idea of being like, okay, it's in Tokyo and it's midnight, and so this is happening in this part of the city whilst this is happening. And I think there's something just cool about that. And I can just have all of these cool environmental scenes and I can start to string them together. And it, it's kind of like my photography stuff. I started to just do mid after midnight, like strictly like, mm. um, it just adds to the aesthetic. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And just, kind of yeah. Like, good. so I think like short film for sure. Like, cause I, ha- I had like a bunch of, film directors reach out and then not not to be like hey let's make a film but more just like oh i saw your picture it's super cool and i was like fuck i should probably do video yeah you um, should i think it'd be great for you you should maybe think about getting one of those like a7s mark ii's or whatever i don't know if you have one mm-hmm. of those yet but that's the camera i'm thinking about getting next because you can shoot oh, nice. 4k you know and it's mm-hmm. robust and it can use all the different lenses and stuff and I, yeah because right now i have like a five a canon 5d4 so i it has 4K, and I've done video tests. Mm. It's pretty cool, but I feel like I need like a stabilizer so that I can do some cool like tracking shots. Like, There's stabilizers. There's tools for that too, and After Effects and stuff. Yeah. You can probably get some stabilizing, and you can mm-hmm. probably buy like a pretty cheap little gimbal too to take out when you're going out there and stuff too. But yeah, yeah that's definitely the evolution I think of this stuff. You're gonna you're gonna definitely be able to tie all that together. It's so different though. It's such a multi-dynamic thing though, because it's like. <laughs> An image is so easy at that point yeah. when you start to get into that because it's like, oh, it's just one one of the images, you know. But now yeah. you gotta get twenty four um, <laughs> a second, you know. You're like, oh man, yeah. this is it's got to be good. And then then there's got that the narrative aspect to it, and oh, it's gets so tricky. But yeah, it's the thing I just loved about learning the camera. Like I started to then do time lapses. So mm. some of the pictures cool. I posted, there's one that's like. I guess people recognize him as stuff more recently. This is this guy. He's got an umbrella, but I. I shot like, it was like 5,000 frames because I just had the tripod in the rain, the umbrella above my camera. And I just kept shooting as fast as it would let me, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then I just batch graded them, added some little effects, and I have like a running time lapse of people just like running through the rain. Mm. But it's still like static, right? And it's, that's where I'm like, video is like, you know, I have to, like, it's, it would just be super cool. Yeah. It's a different dimension. I'm excited to see what you do with that, though, because yeah, it is totally different. It's going to add such yeah, a for sure. different part to your game. Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to come of that and what's where where you're going to go with all this awesome stuff. Man, I really appreciate you coming on and, and having yeah, an episode you. with me. And, and thank you so much for going out there and doing your thing. And I'm sure you've been inspiring a lot of people to go off and do that. And I, lo- I love your humble approach and just kind of how you're following your own passions as you go along. It's really cool. I'm curious to see where this is all going to go for you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate it again. But um, yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure we covered before we end this episode? Um, I don't know, really. Like, I'm just super happy to, I don't know. It was cool just seeing your name pop on my inbox. And I was like, oh, shit, I listened to that podcast. <laughs> That's It'd be awesome. cool to, like, go on it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing much. I mean, yeah, like I said, like, seeing your stuff back then, it's like six years back, and it inspired me to do more graphic design stuff. But then, you know, like, you start to branch off. But then seeing you doing your short film, I was like, fuck, I'd love to do that as well. It's so... I just want to say thanks for like, you know, inspiring me and I'm sure inspiring like a ton of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you. I'm just having fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just blessed to be able to be alive to do these things, obviously. So no, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. And keep, keep inspiring the rest of us. And I'm excited to see what you get from this next trip that you're going to take out there. So it's going to be awesome. Cool. It's going to be like a really cool experience for you. So have fun and enjoy it and enjoy and safe travels. And that concludes this week's episode. Big thank yous to Liam for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 167, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful. Be prolific. Have a great one, everyone. Peace out.